Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Internet Marketing. to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. Today I'm joined by Paddy Mugan, co-founder at Era, who, which is based in Milton Keynes. Is that right, Paddy? Yeah, that's right. We're a digital marketing agency in Milton Keynes. I've uh, been around for nearly two years now, and I'm one of the co-founders. And um, yeah, I think we're nine people at the moment, so sh- slowly but surely growing, doing a lot of SEO content, digital PR, that kind of thing. So small but perfectly formed. Exactly. That's exactly how we describe ourselves. No, I wasn't describing you. I was describing the company you work for. <laughs> <laughs> um, today's topic, uh, PR and content strategy, quite a big area, I know, but we're going to f- sort of cone in a bit on sort of, um, I don't know, well, I was going to say the PR and content side of it, but that's a huge, it's still a huge area. Um, let's talk yeah. about um, this whole notion of, of content and particularly sort of creating sustainable content. So I know you've got some thoughts on that, haven't you, Paddy? Yeah, so this was kind of born out of the idea that we've worked with a lot of clients, both at ERA and in my previous role at another agency, worked with lots of clients on different content campaigns. And we kind of got into a cycle where we kept kind of doing campaigns every month and kind of coming up with new ideas and going through the same process uh, over months, really. And it kind of occurred to me that that wasn't necessarily the most kind of efficient way of producing content and getting the best results for clients because because what tends to happen is you're coming up with an idea for a piece of content, you'll design it, develop it, get it live, and then promote it, get some links to it, hopefully, and then do the same again next time around. So that could be the next month or next second month or whatever it is. Yeah. And it occurred to me that what you could actually do is actually try and make it more sustainable. So each time you create a piece of content, you're kind of building upon the last one or you're building one piece of content and outreaching it for several months at a time, even trying to build in templates. So if you build a piece of content which you can then reuse an element of, that makes it cheaper for the client next time in the sense that you can spend more time on promotion rather than kind of redoing a design or build over and over again. So it kind of got me thinking a lot about how error we can do sustainable content for clients. And we started to build that entire processes over the last six the 12 months or so yeah and tends to working quite well you know so you can't always do it you know some clients want you to do brand new stuff all the time which is fine as well but generally it's working quite well and helping us to kind of cut down the amount of time it takes to produce a piece of content which means we can spend more time promoting it which is ultimately the most important bit really because that's what gets the traffic and the results 
Now, PR, specifically uh, digital PR, as opposed to traditional sort of PR, how does this this notion of sustainable content fit in with digital PR? Yep, so I think really it fits in because the digital PR is a bit that gets the, you know, the word out there about the content. You, know, you can build the best piece of content in the world, but obviously if no one sees it, it goes to waste really. So digital PR is one of the ways that we can get awareness of that content, push it out to newspapers, magazines, blogs, that kind of stuff. So really that's kind of one of the most important elements. And a mistake that I've definitely made in the past is spending too much time on the the idea, the design, the development, and not spending enough time on the link building and the digital PR and the general promotion. Mm. So now digital PR is a very important step because it makes sure that we get you know, awareness of the content, get traffic to it, and um, make sure that as many people see it as possible, which is obviously what clients want at the end of the day. They want as many people looking at their website and their content as possible. Now, with content, you know, it, I suppose it has to be interesting, but it also has to be relevant, doesn't it? Sometimes that's a, a, quite a difficult balance to achieve, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's it's really important because you don't want someone to look at a piece of content on the client's website and go, why are they producing that? Because it's got nothing to do at all with what that client does. So if you work with um, a client that sells on their car insurance and you were doing an infographic or a piece of content about uh, the best shoes to wear, totally random example, but you know that's, that's not related to insurance whatsoever. It might be a beautiful piece of content, may work really well, but if it's not related back to the brand, then it's just not going to make sense for users and they're not going to make that connection. So wherever possible, we try and make content as relevant as possible to what the client does. And you can kind of go outside of that a little bit. So you can do it kind of on a tangent to what the client do, as long as it still fits in with the target audience. So if the target audience would enjoy a piece of content from the client, then that's totally fine if it's a little bit different. But if it's a totally different target audience, so if your target audience is kind of you know, 25 to 35 year old women living in the UK mm. and you push out a piece of content that targets people in the US who are maybe comic book geeks then that's not really going to fit very well with what, what the client are trying to do so it's really important to try and keep it relevant but it is a challenge because some clients to be polite to them don't work in the most interesting industries so that can make things a little bit challenging. Yes, it reminds me of um, um, some marketing that I came across recently where there was, a, I think the client was uh, specialising in uh, concrete shutters which are the basic the yeah. forms that people use to make sort of like motorway flyovers and things. <laughs> yeah. So kind of what, what you do with that, right? It's, like, it's not exactly the, I mean, it's obviously very, very important, but not the yeah. kind of thing that you seek out, you know, to read about online. Yeah. So it, it is quite a challenge. Do you think there's a convergence between um, PR and link building and outreach? Definitely. So it's something which I've been noticing pretty fast three or four years now, to be honest, kind of subtly, but more kind of, in the last two years, maybe people are talking about it a lot more. And it's kind of born out, I think, I think two things are happening where PR agencies, so traditional ones who've been around for a long time, are realising that they need to move towards digital. And so the days of just selling in stuff to print, you know, are slowly kind of dying out. They're never going to be dead totally until newspapers die out. But they're realising that clients want more than just that. They want online coverage as well. Um, so you, we're kind of seeing PR companies move towards digital and slowly starting to do the kinds of things that SEO agencies have done mm. for many years now. And then the other thing that's happening as well is SEO agencies are moving more towards what PR people do. So the techniques they're using and the methods they're using to get coverage for clients actually looks like what 
obviously I've, I've done for the years. Um, I might argue a little bit being cynical that SEOs are doing it mainly because of Google changing the rules on good links and bad links. So yeah. Penguin obviously came along in 2012 and ruined a lot of you know link burning techniques that worked for many years. Uh, part of me thinks if they hadn't done that, SEOs would still be doing that now because it was easy and it worked. So part of me is thinking this is an enforced change. So SEOs are moving towards PR kind of because they have to really. But that's, you kind of, those two things are happening a lot. And I'm starting to see kind of a little bit of a meeting in the middle where good link building is looking like good PR and good PR is actually looking like link building. So it's kind of converging quite nicely. I don't think you're ever going to separate them. Uh, sorry, combine them totally. I think there's always going to be kind of people with a PR discipline and that kind of mindset there's always going to be SEOs with that mindset, but I think the, the work they do is going to look a lot more uh, like each other in the years to come. Do you think there's been a kind of a sort of resistance against PR? I, honestly, probably a little bit, um, because I think one of the things that PRs have had for many years, which has been a problem for them, is how to measure it. Mm. Obviously, um, the, the traditional way of doing it was around kind of circulation and number of people that read a certain newspaper, how much it would cost to get coverage in a newspaper, that kind of stuff. So using metrics, which whilst are fine kind of on their own, aren't perfect in terms of measuring the success of a campaign. And then SEOs kind of come along and can measure things exactly right. We can measure traffic from Google. We can measure what if someone converts from that very, very easily. Mm. So I think there's been that little bit of a resistance to moving towards PR because it's got that kind of a, a negative tag of it can't be measured. So I think there's been a little bit of resistance and also, I guess, a little bit of SEO is not really wanting to change and wanting the good old days of throwing 100,000 links at a website and it working. Yes. Um, so those days are obviously, it still works a little bit, I won't lie, but it doesn't work anywhere near as well as it used to. So I think there's partly an element there of SEO is not wanting to change and embrace new ways of doing things, one of which is obviously PR. Mm. How do you see this panning out in the future? This sort of um, do you, do you, I mean, obviously there is a convergence between sort of sort of content and PR and link building, but sort of how do you see it sort of panning out? I don't know, five, ten years down the road. I think that what will end up happening is we'll kind of again as I said earlier, I don't think they'll separate. I don't think they'll combine totally. I think um, there'll always be your specialist PR consultants or specialists and then there'll be SEO specialists and link building specialists. Yeah. I don't think we'll ever get to the point where there's just one name for all of them or they all kind of admit they're doing the same stuff. But I think longer term what will happen is the goals that they both work towards will look very, very, very similar. So I think we'll end up losing the whole measuring PR by circulation because brands are going to realise that's actually not a great measure of success with all the other measures that are available through because mm-hmm. of digital marketing being much more measurable. And I think that that'll mean that what PRs work towards online will look a lot like what SEOs have been working towards for many years now. So links generated, the quality of those links, the traffic those links drive, and the you know the value of that traffic that comes through um, the coverage. I think we'll see the goals aligned much more closely in the future. So when a client wants to increase traffic to their website, a PR company can do that, or it's just a digital PR company can do that, as well as an SEO company can. So I think we'll see a bit of a convergence there. But I think the job roles are going to remain quite separate for, for a while, to be honest. I don't think we're quite in love with each other that much yet. Yeah, I sometimes think that people in the future, when they when they talk historically, it feels like a bit of a joke, but when they talk historically about uh, digital marketing, they, they, they might sort of... Um, 
borrow the sort of um, parlance from the paleontologists and have like, a, oh yes, it was the the pre panda era and then the post panda era and uh, all these various yeah. E's. But it's 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 certainly interesting to speculate what might happen. Um, how can our listeners find out uh, more about you, Paddy, and more about area? Um, yep, so you can follow me on Twitter at Paddy Mugan, or you can go to our website, which is era.net. I'm also around at the linkbuildingbook.com, and you can email me through there as well, and uh, Paddy at era.net if anyone's got any follow-up questions or anyone wants to debate this whole PR versus SEO area, I'd love to talk about it. So yeah, any of those methods will work. Well, Paddy, thanks so much for joining us. And just to clarify for our listeners, our, um, area is spelled A-I-R-A, isn't it? Yes, that's right. Yeah, we didn't think too much about that when we decided on the brand. So hopefully <laughs> we'll get by and people can figure it out. But if not, um, at Paddy Moogle on Twitter will work as well. Fantastic. Okay, well, thanks for listening, everyone. The show notes are in the usual place, sitevisibility.com slash podcast. Uh, if you want to connect with me, I'm Dr. Pod, D-O-C-T-O-R. POD on Twitter and LinkedIn um, and please uh, do send in your questions and comments, mainly questions really email is podcast at sitevisibility.com and the magic phone number is plus four four one two seven three two five six one five oh. well that's all from me Andy and it's all from Paddy, cool thanks a lot Andy and we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 